If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, fellow gamers. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are so excited to have you here this Thursday as we break down recent gaming news. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, I know he's more popular than The Last of Us because I know his approval rating is at least 42%. It's Josh. Oh, I'm above the 40s now? <laughs> you yeah! are at least, you I'd are like at to least thank 42. all my fans out there. <laughs> thank you for getting me oh. up into those low 40s, guys. <laughs> You've been campaigning for that hard. I really have. I, this has been a long time, I mean, years in the making now. Better than most presidents, at least. and then joining me and josh we've been scratching our heads because he keeps trying to super glue mushrooms to a shield we just don't know what he's doing over here it's michael (laughs) i i'll talk about that a little bit later on i don't have a i don't have a funny uh quirky thing to say right now because it just cracked me up when they did that in the video we'll talk about this you'll just hold it till the zelda talk i will hold till zelda talk Well, you're not going to have to wait very long, Michael, because we've got a lot to cover today. We also are going to try out a new segment at the end of the show. And to start off, I think we've got to talk about the biggest news of the week, which is the 10 minutes of gameplay footage that we got of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm always afraid to bring up Zelda just a little bit because Zelda and Link haven't exactly been terribly well respected on the show, especially as of late. Uh, but I'm very curious to hear your guys' take because I think I am by far the highest on Tears of the Kingdom. Michael, I think, is by far the coolest on it. So I'm very curious to hear what you guys think now that we actually got some major gameplay. That's the first time Paul's ever said I was the coolest at anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so I'll go first. Um, before we recorded, I said I was going to say something that nobody uh, had ever heard me say before and i'm gonna say it now i'm kind of excited about this game yes michael i am so excited this this trailer was awesome why what what changed your mind michael so what i didn't like about breath of the wild was the empty open world and just the blah it just seemed boring i got bored with it and i know that a lot of people don't feel that way But ironically enough, something as simple as a fuse mechanic. So in this game, they went through the fuse mechanic quite a bit, where you just take two random items, (laughs) and you go, uh, I got a pen, I have an apple, boom, 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 pineapple pen. I have a pen, I have an apple, uh, apple pen. And you put these two (laughs) things together, and you fuse it into something else, right? And so it's funny because I'm making fun of it at first. I'm watching this video and I literally, my wife's sitting next to me and I'm like, the guy picks up a stick 
And then he's like, watch what happens if we put the stick on a pitchfork. I'm like, you get a real long pitchfork. And sure enough, you got a real long pitchfork. And I'm like, oh, oh it's oh, actually really long. Yeah. It's like 20 feet long. <laughs> it's like 20 feet long pitchfork. <laughs> yeah. But then he starts going through and he puts this mushroom on the shield. And he's like, I'm like, what's the stupidest thing? There's a mushroom on a shield. He's like, but anything can have a combination possibility. And then yeah. boom, this light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, how much fun will it be? For me to go through this game and just find two random items and see what they do together. If they do anything, that alone is a game for me. And I'm like, I could see myself wandering around this open, empty world because it looks pretty open and empty, just like the last one. But coming across like a flower and a rock and being like, oh, what? let me try something with this. And now I've got more excitement in this open world, something that I really did not get from the first one. And so now I'm excited about the game, honestly, because one simple thing that makes the open world more livable is something to do in it. And now you have something to do in it. Well, and it's a mechanic they already had with the food, right? It's the exact yeah. same idea. Instead of just else. mixing in egg and flour and sugar, and maybe I get bread. Here, it's just with the weapons. And how right. cool is that? Yeah, what, what do you think, Josh? I this was really impressive to me. I I'm you know I know this game is going to be great. I jokingly side with Michael a little bit in that it's a little overrated as far as like it, you know in the annals of gaming, you know Breath of the Wild, and it's like, dude, Breath of the Wild was a ton of fun. I love that game. This is not to say that I don't you know, but we've been Michael and I have been very cool on Tears of the Kingdom because we wanted to see how is it going to be different than Breath of the Wild, dude. They this showed off how it's going to be different. Number one, they showed the sky islands, all of mm -hmm. these really cool things that are up in the air. The verticality on this game is bananas, man. Like I know in Breath of the Wild, you could climb a tall mountain and then try to paraglide your way off and things like that. This takes that to a whole nother level. And I love exploring. So when I'm running around and I see a, a sky island up above me, I want to know what's up there. And so that gives <laughs> me a lot of motivation to figure out how to go up there. Um, so I love that they touched on that part of the game and showed off some of the verticality that's going to be in it because we knew it was there, but we didn't really get to see how or what they're going to do with that. And so we got that. And then the this whole like just sandbox of being able to combine items. Paul, I'll let you tell people about the the actual vehicles sure. part because that part yeah. looks insane yep. to me. This is awesome. So it's a weird name, but they call it Ultra Hand. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with Fuse. Like fusing yeah. weapons makes sense. Ultra Hand's a little odd. But basically, if you remember back in the old trailers, we saw like a machine flying in the sky and we saw boats. What we learned in this gameplay trailer is that those are not things you find in the world. You have to build them from scratch. So you can find a couple pieces of wood, you can place them and bind them together using Ultra Hand, and then all of a sudden you pop on some electric fans, and then you smack it, and they turn on, and it's going to move and go in this makeshift vehicle that you created for yourself. So it could be something really simple like a raft that's going to very easily just drive you straight forward. But we saw how they got incredibly creative where you actually have flying machines that are going through the air that you can pilot. I think this is going to lead to some of the best content on YouTube and Reddit and TikTok. Mm. I just see my feed being completely littered with Tears of the Kingdom because people are going to put this stuff to use and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I th th this opens up 
I, I'm going to sing it, guys. A whole new world. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say those words without singing that song when we sing on this podcast. Um, I apologize to everybody for having to listen to that, too. But I, this, this is what I was waiting for. How do you make this game different? How do you make it better? This is how. If I get tired of the, the, the main storyline and the main campaign on this, I could see dozens and dozens of hours spent trying to just concoct some crazy vehicle. Hey, I want to fly up to that <laughs> island. I need two fans. Uh, I need a way to steer. Like you, You're giving people... It's almost like Kerbal Space Program. But I was just going to say right? that like, you're Kerbal giving people <laughs> all of these tools to make whatever they want. And that is a lot of fun for a lot of people. Um, so I am very, very interested at this point to see how that actually affects the game and just some of the fun stuff you can do with it. This was the first time that I saw this game not... Re- like, before we've seen things, they've been like, oh, it's more vertical. You can go up and down, this and that. And I'm like, it's it's still Breath of the Wild. You just added some up and down. Let's get real here. This was the first time I watched it and said, this is a different game. This they really are adding more innovation to this game. Yeah, they just waited to show it to us, yep. which is fine because now we're all super hyped and it's not yeah. that far away. And why is it real fast? Why is it so mm-hmm. exciting at the beginning of the video when the 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 publisher, the developer, actually says, "Hey guys, this game is done." It was so. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's done." It's he's like, "It's done." I don't know why it made me feel so good when the first lines he said, "Hey guys, we're done making this game. It's ready." Like, well, oh. I mean, it better be because it's only a month away, right? And it's a Zelda title. Like they always right. come incredibly polished. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before we move into the next story, Michael, can you tell the people a little bit about our Patreon? Absolutely. If you haven't heard about it on a previous show, please prick your ears up right now. It's very important. So. We here at the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast are an independent podcast. That means that we don't have some backer like Viacom or somebody who takes care of all of our video game buying and stuff like that. No, we got to do it by ourselves. And we do it through the support of listeners. And if you like what you hear on this show, consider going over to MultiplayerSquad.com and supporting us through Patreon. It starts as little as $5 a month, and your support really goes a long way. Now, here's the cool thing, though, is if you do support us, we don't just take your money and run. We actually give you more cool stuff that you can have with it. So we give you extra episodes. We give you early release episodes, ad-free content, some cool perks in Discord, like, you know, different colors to make you feel your different statuses of your 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 patronage. So seriously, go over to MultiplayerSquad.com. Check it out. Consider supporting the show. If you have thought about it, because a lot of you out there, you're like, oh, man, I really want to do this. I'll, I'll do it next month. I'll do it. Just go do it now. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. All right, moving into our next story. The Last of Us, which I know we've brought up a lot lately on the show, but there's some more news. It finally (laughs) released on PC after 10 years of waiting. And the bad news is that this is continuing a very long line in 2023 of awful PC ports of games. People are not happy about this one. Uh, A lot of people posted that they have waited 10 years to play because they never owned a PlayStation. This one seems to be a complete hatchet job. It is currently sitting at a 41% rating on Steam, which is actually higher than it was uh, just a couple of days ago. It was down in the 35 range. Guys, what is up with PC ports this year? I'll be honest, man. I never would have pegged the Last of Us game. PC port being released. This is a beloved title, man. This is like when they were bringing God of War to PC. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I put them on the same scales and said, dude, they are not going to botch releasing Last of Us to the world for everybody that didn't get to play it on PlayStation only. Right. How how did this happen, man? This is not this is not good at all. And I get that some PC ports are better than others, and sometimes we have to deal with a little bit of jankiness or you you know just little quality of life things sometimes. But this is bad, man. There, this is so bad that Steam came out and said, "Hey, you know our two hour refund window for this game." is out the window. If you this game is broken enough on PC that we will refund you beyond the normal refund window because that's how poorly this PC port came out to the world. I I'm honestly shocked and I <laughs> I generally tend to not, you know, think the best things about some of these remakes and PC ports and things like that, but this one actually surprises me. Uh, what's even more surprising, this game has been out forever forever like it's not like it's some new revolutionary code or something again i'm not a coder i don't know how it works but this does not bode well for iron galaxy which is the company that that handled the port which apparently i was looking into it has handled some poor poorly received ports previously um, some famously I, it, bad ones like it, arkham knight exactly yeah. what i was going to bring up is like how many times do you have to drop the ball before people just don't trust you anymore? This is probably it. I mean, this is this is a golden egg. The show just came out. Everybody wants to play this game right now. My parents are going to play this game, you know? <laughs> and to botch it this bad, to make it so that even Steam, who loses money on refunding you because they still have to pay that cut to the developer or whatever it is, I think it's it's they still lose money on that. It's not just a refund for them. To say that they're going to extend the two-hour window is unheard of, first of all, and it's really disappointing. Now, I've already played the game, so I'm not too I'm not too upset about it. But to hear people like my friends saying, oh, "I can't," I I refunded it. I wanted to play it. I don't have a PlayStation. It makes me sad, honestly. And I don't like to focus on negative. We don't do that. I'm just I'm just really disappointed about this because also I like to mod games a lot. I was looking forward to modding this game on a PC port. I'll never pick it up now. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to where the main studios port their own games as opposed to farming it out to other dev teams, but these just seem to just keep going so poorly, and I don't know why, but it just makes God of War more and more impressive on PC because it was such a fantastic port. Apparently, no one can do this anymore. We had people in Discord, I think mostly jokingly, but maybe seriously saying, Maybe this is just a conspiracy by Sony to start selling more PS5s. And I was like, uh, I don't think you want to tank your name that bad, but that sounds kind of believable because it's just port after port are so bad. We're hearing reports of crashes, freezes, stuttering. I mean, pretty much anything you can think of is just not going well. All right, next story before we hit our break here. E3 is officially canceled once again. If you are keeping score, they have not held E3 since 2019. There just simply was not enough sustained interest to hold it. Guys, it turns out that when Sega, Tencent, Ubisoft, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all drop out, apparently it's just doomed for failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you know, you got to have the big name companies have interest to have these expos like this. Um I I've never been to an E3, so I can't speak to what it's like to be there in person. I imagine that's super cool to be in a theater getting the very first ever, you know, gameplay preview on a game or something like that. Um, 
the beauty of E3 was always the breaking news, right? You're going to hear about all these games that are being released that we've never heard of before. Maybe you've heard of this huge title, but they're going to show you, you know, some real stuff finally. The the thing the thing is is that all the developers are kind of doing that now on their own anyway. And yeah. you know, it's not cheap to go to E3. You had to pay a ton of money if you wanted to be there. So as much as it kind of saddens me because I know this was a great time for a lot of gamers, I get it at the same time because we're just able to get this information presented to us in such an easy and concise way that it doesn't make sense for these developers to to go through all the effort anymore. So I like it sucks, but I get it. It's just an archaic system. They're not needed anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it's disappointing in the nostalgia aspect of it. It's kind of like how MMOs are kind of dying now where things change, the the world changes and we have to adapt, you know, looking at you blockbuster. But the whole thing is like this is just not needed anymore. It makes me sad because I used to really love looking at the announcements like yes, E3's this week getting pumped up, staring at YouTube all day long watching these different streamers and stuff announce what was happening, give their takes on it. And now everything comes in the form of like the Bethesda showcase where it's just they're going to put out their own thing. It's just the way it is now. So I'm a little sad for nostalgia's sake, but that's about it. I think it's dead, dead. I don't see oh, it returning. There's no way. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it's coming I, back. I think this is it for E3. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's too bad. I was even wondering if there's any way they can rebrand and maybe lean more into like indie games or something, but they already have their own conferences. So like, I don't know what E3 does. They have a name, so I'm sure they'll pivot into something with it i just don't know what they're gonna do because when everyone can have their own spotlight why would you share the spotlight with everyone else yeah yeah it's just it's just business it's dead and you can see it's dead when even a wikipedia page says e3 2023 quote canceled due to lack of interest on attendance of major publishers it's done yeah ouch all right well on that happy note let's go ahead and take a short break and we'll be right back All right, guys, we are back from our break. Bad news to poor and frugal gamers out there. Microsoft has done away with the $1 free trial for Game Pass. No longer can you sign up for that 10th new email and enjoy another month. (laughs) You're now going to have to pay if you want to keep it. Uh, It's too bad because I know... I know Josh and I enjoyed multiple <laughs> demos I, of the Game Pass. I was going to say, I'd just like to personally apologize to everybody <laughs> out there for being one of those people that probably made this happen. <laughs> you mean my wife's work email signed oh, up for Game Pass? Oh, man. Every time there was a new game that came to Game Pass that I wanted to play, it's like, well, time yeah. to make a new email. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, the, it does suck. I, I you know, I, I get I get why they're doing it. Now here's this is not all doom and gloom though. So yes, Game Pass is going away for Xbox uh and PC. So if you're a PC gamer and you were getting that sweet PC game pass, guess what? That's going away. Now, the good news is that they did announce that they are testing and have been testing an actual friends and family plan, which seems really cool to me. And I don't know if you guys read up on this, but basically they're looking at it. It's like 25 bucks a month, but then you get to share your Game Pass with a couple other people at the same time. So you can have friends and family. So if it's like, hey, you know, um, I know you don't have a lot of disposable income, but I need friends to play with, you know, so I pay the 25 bucks a month for Game Pass. I can give, you know, Paul and Michael, uh, you know, login or access to that. And now the three of us have a game that we can play together. This reminds me of old cell phone plans where you had like your five closest friends that you get oh, yeah. for free. Yeah. 
this is, this is like a throwback business model. Yeah, I that that's interesting. I I got a, got a bit of a hot take on this. Not really. I think they're doing this because of Redfall and Sky, uh, Sky, not Sky. What Starfield? Oh, they're, yeah. They are now both Microsoft properties. They know that if they give a month for free and people playing those games for free, they're not going to sell as many copies. It's just a selfish move on their part not to lose any more money. Because you know, there's one thing on it, like as well. For every Josh out there, there's also a me. There's a Michael. Who signed up for an Xbox Game Pass for the $1 intro intro like three years ago and forgot to ever cancel it and is still paying for it um, <laughs> to this day. So, But I think they were just venting too much money on it. And it's like the, I do like how they announced, hey, we're going to come up with other promotions. It might make it more fun to have more liquid promotions on certain games and so forth. Um, but, I mean, who, who thought this would last forever? Probably everybody, yeah, it, I guess. <laughs> we wished it would last forever, but it makes perfect sense. You got to get rid of it at some point. Yeah. All right, Josh, you wanted us to talk about an upcoming oh, tactics yes. game called the Lamplighters League, which I gotta say is kind of a neat name. PC Gamer says this is basically like a mashup of Indiana Jones, The Mummy, which gets me very excited, and XCOM, yeah. which makes me a little cooler. But why did you want to talk about Lamplighters League? So kudos again to our Discord server because a listener posted the link to this game. I did not know about this game until they said, hey, this game looks really neat. Um, this is why we love the Discord server. So head on over there. The link's in the episode description. Um, but this, so I'm like, oh, let me check this out. The art style is what caught my attention right away. I really enjoy the art style on this. The thing that got me is the gist of this game is that you are basically all villains. You are not heroes. Um, and Scoundrels it is, and thieves. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a tactical kind of turn-based combat game a la XCOM. Now, here's the kicker. I hate XCOM. I don't like XCOM games. I've played them both, and I find them to be insanely boring. I hate the slow nature of the combat. I hate the cover system. I hate the random, oh, you have a 28% chance to hit, and then I, I miss every single time. I find the XCOM turn-based combat to be terrible. That said, I absolutely love turn-based combat in most other games. So give me Divinity Original Sin 2, I think, is the absolute perfection. I mean, that is the perfect example of really good turn-based combat. Um, but so I enjoy it when it's not XCOM. So this game looks like it's leaning a little bit more towards the type of turn-based combat that I really like. Let's hope that's the case, but it just looks like a very neat game to me. It is turn-based. You have these scoundrels and thieves that you play as. There's a ton of different characters. You get different abilities. The storyline looks neat. There's heists, apparently, that you can do. We want to hurt no one. We're here for the bank's money, not your money. Your money is insured by the federal government. You're not going to lose a dime. Think of your families. Don't risk your life. Don't try and be a hero. To where you can go do this mission and try to perform this heist. And if you get out with the object, it's an it's a rare artifact. Your character gets to equip that artifact. And so that then changes the gameplay nature of it. There's just a lot. It's just checking a lot of boxes for me. I thought it was nice. I always think it's nice to see when uh, someone goes outside the box a little bit. You know, we've seen games where, you know, you've got the villains being the heroes, stuff like that, uh, i.e. like the movie Maleficent, where you see a positive aspect of a villain. This is really cool because the devs actually said in the video that I watched, um, you know, we're not good guys. We're just people doing what we have to do to survive. And that's that's a lot of people in the real world anyways. Like, what are you going to do to survive? But one thing that I kind of liked about this game without getting too deep in the weeds on it is... 
in a two-minute trailer that I watched, I saw a whole bunch of different environments, which I thought was really refreshing. The game didn't look the same. A lot of different things happened, a lot of different places around the world or whatever that we're looking at. And I kind of like that variety. Um, so I, I'm interested in this game. It looks interesting. Yeah, I thought that this one had some neat elements. I will say it's highly stylized. If you go look at like the animation style and all that, it almost reminded me of some of the later Monkey Island titles. This one, to me, just didn't draw me quite as much as Aliens Dark Descent did, which we talked about last week. But I love the fact that we're getting tactical games that aren't leaning fully into tactical decisions, but rather action forward with tactical elements. That, that to me, I like quite a bit. So I like this trend. I think just right after seeing Aliens Dark Descent, that was a hard act to follow. So when I watched this, I was like, oh, yeah, it looks kind of neat. I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but I can see the appeal. I just there's a couple key things and then we'll move on because I know we got to move on from this. But I I actually wrote this down. You guys know I don't take notes because I just wing everything. (laughs) So but one of the things that it said is so there's heist missions that contain major story beats and can reward you with artifacts that characters can equip. Um, while character recruitment and rescue missions, which appear after you lose someone in a mission, take place. So you actually do missions to go recruit new characters, or if your character dies, to go get them back, which I thought was a neat mechanic. And other tasks populate the globe. Each of those banished court factions, which are the bad guys in the game, is making independent progress, achieving permanent upgrades for themselves if you let them do evil unimpended. Or unimpeded, sorry. So, like, I feel like they're building this world and there's always things going on outside of just your current mission, which, like, I think that's a neat aspect, too, because it makes you care about the mission that you're on versus it's, oh, it's just just another turn-based combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to check that one out, again, the name is Lamplighters League. All right, and then the last thing that we're going to do here for today is uh, a little bit of a new segment that we're going to try out Ooh. called SideQuest. I'm excited. And the, <laughs> the whole idea of this segment is just simply, if one of us run across something, maybe it's like a video we watch or something that we learn about gaming, whether or not it is related to this week, it's, it's new to that person during that week, and they can come and bring it to the group. So what I want to talk about is an amazing video I ran across that I have been waiting to talk about here for the last several days. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the YouTuber Basically Homeless, but he's got an awesome channel. He talks a lot about like scammers and hacking and and uh, technology and, and some gaming and some stuff like that. Well, he released a video called Saving First Person Shooter Games, and it's all about how AI is going to revolutionize online gaming. All right, so quick question for you guys. What is the number one problem with Battle Royales, online FPS games? Hackers. What kills it? Cheaters. Hackers, yeah. Easily. Hackers. Yeah, cheaters. Yeah. You, you ruin it for everybody. You ru- Yeah, PUBG. I, I still want to love that game. And freaking yeah. hackers, man. That is a perfect example of a game that was completely ruined for us because of that. Take a guess. What percentage of gamers do you think use Aimbot Assist or ESP, some kind of online hacking? What percentage would you guess? I think I would have said five to eight percent. I was just gonna say five percent. Yeah, I, I would have said ten percent because anybody that kills me is a hacker. So <laughs> you are all so so off. It is thirty percent. What thirty percent? They say that they track online gameplay and they know beyond shadow of a doubt, twenty percent of online gamers absolutely one hundred percent guaranteed are cheating. They think the actual number is probably around 30%. What? That means one out of three people you see online are using some form 
of hacking to help them with their aim. Now, I not everyone. It. I knew it. See, all those people are killing me. We're not just yeah. too old, Josh. We still got it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we just have integrity. We won't cheat. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. 30%. Wow. So they said that AI hacking has really taken off. It's incredibly cheap. You can get it for free. You can pay five bucks for one that's a little more reputable, less likely to have a virus, you know. But basically, here's what's pretty amazing, all right? So how are you going to combat hackers? Well, we keep hearing all about the magic and the beauty of AI and how you can use it. So basically, he started asking questions. How can we use AI to crack down on hacking? And what they ended up finding out is that there is already a company called AnyBrain, just one word, they have trained AI to watch gameplay and catch cheaters. And do you know how accurate it is? Over 99% accurate. Ooh. And it means that even if someone is just using the most minor of cheats, where it's only very minimally moving the mouse, even with smoothing and all of that, it will still catch people. And guess what? It is already connected with some online games that people don't know about. This is crazy. This is where the story starts to get really interesting. So they have already been gathering information and watching players. Any brain says that they have signed NDAs, so they cannot say who they have already done this with. But you see a couple graphs and stats that are in the hundreds of thousands of player count. So you're talking like major rollout with some big games. And they said that the way it works is the AI will catch if you make a movement that does not track with what AI recognizes as human. Now, maybe it's just by pure luck that you accidentally do a weird twitch, and and maybe it thinks it's AI. So it'll flag you, but unless it sees multiple flags, it won't do anything about it. So they said the whole goal is that if they catch you cheating, they want to be 100% sure that you cheated. So yeah. you've got to do it more than once. And this is the wildest part. Okay. This Wait, is this is the part. wildest part coming up? Yeah, this I'm, is I'm, the my brain's part. already flipping over inside my head right now. <laughs> the AI of any brain watches you while you play, and it only takes two hours of gameplay footage that they will have what they call a bio profile, which is as unique as a fingerprint, meaning they know this is you playing. Josh, you what? and I could switch computers, and the AI will know that's Paul Lehman playing on josh's computer that's not josh's login that's paul it will know how you play because of all of those little indistinguishable movements that you make the way you look around the way you strafe all of that all right and that means that if you get banned it's not just your account they can ban your bio profile that's crazy like in just two hours of gameplay Dude, Two that's hours of scary in a way because we just had a, a friend of ours uh, post that he was <laughs> he was temporarily banned from Call of from Duty. From Warzone. And, now, yeah. I know for a fact this guy doesn't cheat. He's he's very good at shooters. Um, almost it might be as toxic behavior. You know, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yet, the ban. Uh, one, one of those friends. I would like say that. it's toxic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know who you are. Um, but I, I, you know, it's, uh, that's one of those things where this thing needs to be a hundred percent or 99.9%, which it sounds like it is, which right. is really cool. I am all for this sort of anti-cheat versus the kernel level stuff that we're seeing, like with Valorant. Um, you know, the, the I, I don't, not to get too in the weeds here, but a lot of developers are doing things where they're putting kernel level anti-cheats on your system. Kernel level basically loads before your operating system does. 
and they are nearly impossible to get rid of. And you are granting these things full access to your PC. Now, everybody likes to think, hey, well, they're not doing things like that, but the potential is there, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you are giving me something that just says all this is getting access to is your gameplay footage... I'm all for that 100%, you know, at that point. I just the one thing they have to be careful of is false positives because there's good players out there. There are people that can snap to, you know, they can flick to somebody's mm-hmm. head and pull the trigger and they're very good. So, I think the fact that it watches over time is the key here because let's be honest, we all get that lucky shot from time to time. Right. Yep. Yeah, like I've always I've always worried like, you know, what happens if it goes too far and like I get flagged for cheating. I would never cheat. And then I'm like, I'm terrible at shooters anyway. So they're going to be like, oh, we know this profile. This is Michael's profile because he's terrible. So that's what the AI is going to say about me. I just can't believe 30% of people cheat. That like, that's mind. that's why first-person shooters online just suck nowadays. Like, if you hop into a match of Overwatch, you're telling me there's like a 30% chance that the other Widow mm. or McCree is playing with some kind, or I guess Cassidy nowadays has some kind of assist that's wild yeah. but the that's fact bad. that yeah and so here I, I you know a lot of people get banned from free games well guess what you just make a new account right and that's right. always the talk is like they could ban your ip but then there's still ways to get around that so the idea of being able to know your digital online gaming fingerprint is very wild to think about and as soon as i heard it i was like that makes actually sense, makes though. a lot of sense. It I just does. never thought about it. I, dude, Overwatch, in the opening, I'm shooting the basketball off the table so people can't try to score baskets. You know, yeah. like, I'm jumping around. <laughs> like, I, we all do those weird little things. You know, there's the people that spray everything everywhere. Like, there are very identifiable things, for sure, that I think we all do in a game like that, that you're right, just kind of are second nature to us and we don't even think about. But an AI could definitely track and be like, yep. That's Josh. He's shooting that basketball off the table. What a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Homeless said that this is going to save online gaming. And since it's already being used and you can use it with any replays or any streamers, this means that it's already collecting data and already knows streamers and people that are probably like professional players who make money with online gaming that are already cheating. There might be a day that comes down the road where there's all of a sudden a big news story that we find out. All of these professionals have been cheating when they're like streaming. The, like the steroid usage of the MLB back in the early 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. turns out everybody was doing it, you know? My name is Rafael Palmero, and I am a professional baseball player. I'll be brief in my remarks today. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. I do not know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. Yep. Yeah, I, I have zero tolerance for hackers. If you if you are cheating in a video game, like I said, if you want to cheat in a single player game to give yourself some money, so you do, fine, you do what you want. That doesn't affect anybody. If you're cheating in an online game, you are affecting everybody else in that game. And that is lame. So and you're just, not winning. Right. right. That's it. Like, right. I get it. You know, it, like if you're if you're doing it to troll people only like, OK, at least like I can fathom that. But that's like a <laughs> jerky way to troll people, too. But yeah. just play the game. It's okay to be bad. Most games nowadays <laughs> put you in a group of people your skill level. And so it's okay if you're in bronze or copper or tin or whatever. That's fine. That's what you tin. want. Right, you that's my, I mean? that's because, my bracket. But that's what you want because you want to have the good matches. Level. And if everybody's yeah. in copper is legitimately a copper player, guess what? You're going to have a ton of fun because everybody's the same at that right. point. 
Yeah, I it's this is actually a very good testament to this video. I pulled up the video on YouTube and one of the comments says, Congratulations to the legit good players out there. Your honor is about to pay off. You wonder yeah. how many people are going to look so much better now because they actually are that good versus their peers who are just cheating. And you know what I didn't even think of either until I started looking at those comments? Someone made a little offhand comment that it would be hilarious if they collect your bio profile and then put that into AI-controlled bots. So now it's like as if you were playing against yourself. <laughs> but you could very easily, I think, improve the AI of characters just oh, by collecting sure. all this data. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, what 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 a cool concept. Uh, Josh and I were just talking earlier today about how AI is going to revolutionize everything. And I said, I've been dying to tell you about this story. Yeah. We got to record because I have one literally regarding gaming that I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you yeah. for that side quest, Paul, because I had no idea. <laughs> and now I can I feel much better about calling everybody cheaters now, too. Yeah. And it makes me feel better to know Josh that I'm just part of the 70% yeah. that aren't cheaters. Right, right. I wonder <laughs> if there's a breakdown like of, of somewhere like the demographics or age of these people oh, I'm and sure. stuff like that. Like it's a bunch I think of if kids. you're younger, you're more likely to cheat. I right. Think. Here's the funniest thing, too, is realistically, that means that 30% of the people right now currently listening to this podcast might be cheaters. I'm never no. going to look at our Discord channel no. the same. I believe not, not we our have community. the best gaming community <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah those yeah, other podcasts deal with the cheaters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll share that video in our Discord. So for everyone else out there, please make sure to join our free Discord. There's a link in the episode description. Come find us on socials. We're everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. All right, well, that wraps up our show here for today. Make sure to follow us on socials everywhere at Multiplayer Pod and come join our free Discord server with the link in the episode description. I'll make sure to share that video there on Discord. So if you want to come see that, you can find it there. Don't forget, go do it now. Go follow us everywhere and make sure to return for all our episodes, which release every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. Thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, happy gaming. I love you all. Please join our Discord. We'd love to hear from you. Cheers, all. All right. See you, everybody.